This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. ID Butler, we are here. We're in the building. New York City, what's up? How we doing tonight? Tuesday night. Let's get it going. So, on the table, we will, of course, talk about the Yankees. They win again. What do you call that? A, a nice win streak for the Bombers? 4-2 the final score in Detroit. They are now in position, in pretty good position, to win just their second series since the start of July. They've got a little bit of a pulse. Josh Donaldson, that disaster is over. We'll talk about that. The Mets, meanwhile, lose yet again to the Rangers. They fall 2-1. to one. So if you want to talk about them... We can do that as well. But I was listening to the case show earlier. And shout out to to Dan and, and Don for holding down the fort with Rosenberg and Michael K on vacation this week. And they were involved in what I thought was a very, very fascinating question. One that I was like, hmm, let's get into that. Because if the question is which quarterback in the NFL, is under the most pressure. Is the answer Aaron Rodgers? Well, I think this prompts you to look at all the teams with the best odds to win it all in their quarterback situation. So ahead of the Jets, if you look at the odds, are the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Bills, the Bengals, the Niners, the Cowboys, and the Ravens. And six of those teams have young quarterbacks who, at this point, you'd expect to be under center for their current team for at least the next decade, right? Mahomes with the Chiefs, already an all-time great. He's locked in there. Eagles just paid Hurts, fresh off of a Super Bowl appearance. You've got the Bills with Josh Allen. He's locked in there. The Bengals are about to pay Joe Barrow. He's gotten him to a Super Bowl and back-to-back AFC Championship games. The Cowboys, I guess, is a little bit of a question mark, but assuming things go the way you would expect with Dallas, at least in a regular season, Dak is going to get that that lucrative extension. And then the Ravens just inked a uh, long-term extension with, with Lamar Jackson which leaves you with the Niners. Their quarterback situation is a little bit odd. They had Jimmy G, went to a Super Bowl with him, then traded up to draft Trey Lance because Jimmy G wasn't good enough. Lance gets hurt. In comes Brock Purdy. He then gets hurt. You think Lance will be reinserted, but no, we're not sold on him anymore. They trade him to the Cowboys, and now Brock Purdy's back and Sam Darner's backing him up. So the Niners, uh, you know, that's... A little bit of a a different situation in itself. But those are the teams. Chiefs, Eagles, Bills, Bengals, Niners, Cowboys, and Ravens. All ahead of the Jets as far as what Vegas believes uh, are the best odds to win the Super Bowl. So, the Jets have a quarterback with at most a two- to three-year window. By virtue of that alone, to me, you could make a very strong case. He does have the most pressure of any quarterback in football because there's really no margin for error. You have no idea how long he's capable of playing. And I think that it is inarguable that of anyone to lose in this situation, 
of anyone with anything to lose in the situation. He has the most to lose. That one lone Super Bowl back in 2010 will be held against him if he doesn't get another one. So as as far as this season alone, it's weird because I don't feel like it's Super Bowl or bust for the Jets. It's going to feel like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. I don't feel like this season is Super Bowl or bust for the Jets as an organization. And how I measure that is, you know, you've invested so much into him. Yes, you have to get a championship at some point during his tenure. But if that doesn't happen this year, let's say you get bounced in the AFC championship game. I don't think that can be deemed a failure. But... If Rodgers doesn't win, don't you feel like of any quarterback who falls short of winning a Super Bowl, he would have the most criticism on him? He would be given the most smoke, whether it's a TV show or a radio show. They're going to be coming after him. Because you look at the resume... And at least in the regular season, he is almost checked every box, right? He's one of five quarterbacks to win three plus MVPs. Okay, who are the other ones? You got Peyton with five. Peyton won two rings. Brady the GOAT had three MVPs, and he, of course, won seven. Favre had three MVPs, won just one, but at the very least, he got to another Super Bowl. And then you have Johnny Unitas with three. He won one Super Bowl, then had uh, three titles prior to the Super Bowl era. And then, you know, you look at Peyton and Brady, who I mentioned, both went to different teams and won a championship. So with Rodgers coming off of, by his standards, a pedestrian year where he threw 12 interceptions, one off of his career high, there is a microscope on him because he's done everything well in the offseason, in the preseason, ingratiating himself with his teammates, getting a lot of love from the fans. He's batting a 1,000. But when those games start and that pressure mounts, the conversation is different. We're no longer talking about, and it was a great throw, a beauty to Garrett Wilson in a preseason game. We're not leaning on hard knocks, great moments to drive conversation. We're talking about whether or not you delivered on that given you know, Sunday, Monday, Thursday, they play on a Friday this year, whether or not you delivered on that given night or day. Because what happens, and we see this across all sports, and it is it has been the case for as long as sports have been around and, and championships were used as the ultimate you know, metric. When you arrive at a certain level, in your superstardom, your greatness is held against you if you don't achieve success to the degree people deem necessary to solidify your greatness and your all-time status. For LeBron, what was it? Okay, we've seen you win a bunch of MVPs. Can you get that one championship? And then he got two in Miami, and that still wasn't good enough. Had to go... And team up with Wade and Bosch. No, we need you to win one on your own, essentially. He goes back to Cleveland and gets it done. That's what happened with LeBron. Jokic. Okay, we've seen you win back-to-back MVPs, but how about in the playoffs? Why do your teams continue to flame out? He needed to get that championship. He got it. Solidifies his all-time greatness. 
Look, we saw with with A Rod, right? He had won multiple MVPs, great during the regular season, fell short during the playoffs, and once 2009 came and he delivered, it completely changed the tenor of his all-time status. Now, you know, (laughs) eventually we came to look at it differently once we we learned of, you know, (laughs) the performance-enhancing drugs, but in real time it changed things. And that's no different from what Rodgers is about to experience. And has been experiencing for quite some time. You look at his 11-10 and 10 playoff record. For someone who many consider to be a top five all-time quarterback, that's not good enough. When he's in year three and gets that championship, do you anticipate he's going to go the rest of his career not getting to another Super Bowl? Of course not. So that's why I feel like there is a legitimate case and and why I disagree with Dan and Don that there is a case he is under the most pressure in all of football. Josh Allen, let's take him. Is there pressure? Of course. Because the Bills, I feel like, have been overrated the last couple years. They have all the talent, haven't put it together, and we spoke about them as if they were Kansas City. And we're continuing to speak about them as if they're Cincinnati. Bills have been to one AFC title game. Last year, they got smoked in the second round. So, of course, there's pressure on Josh Allen. But because he's young and under control for so long, his window being open for as long as it is means that he still gets ample opportunity to cash in. We're not going to, at the end of the season, say, all right, window's closed. Mahomes is just coming off one, so, I mean, what's the pressure on him? Burrow at some point has to get one, of course. But, you know, to to paraphrase his words, the Super Bowl window for the Bengals is open as long as he's the quarterback. And he's young. Same with Justin Herbert, who just got paid. So we're comparing—and all of the contenders, they all have young quarterbacks. The Jets are really the only team— with with an older quarterback of all the contenders. So I think it's legitimate. It 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 is on the table and it's a fair assessment of the situation to say that next year or this upcoming season, nine days, would you believe it? I'm so excited. Nine days from now when the season kicks off, there is no quarterback under more pressure than the one under center for the Jets, Aaron Rodgers. 800-919-3776. Maybe you agree with me or disagree with me. Want to hear from you. Hit me up on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler, Instagram as well. We're rolling until midnight. Ty Butler in for Larry and Gordon right here on 9870 SPM. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. A mention from at Drums Rolo who says, I'd say Josh Allen has more pressure. Bill's been sniffing at it for the last few years. AR just got here. This season isn't Super Bowl or bust. We have a few years. See, my retort to that would be, you think you have a few years. You just never know. You just never know. Because Aaron did say on DPH on Rothenberg that he envisions outside of a magical season, 
he is going to return. And he even threw it out there a couple weeks ago. I played three to five more years, pass it on to Zach, and he plays the next decade, which is unrealistic. But even him saying that, he's approaching 40. And I think Tom Brady has skewed our view of how we look at aging quarterbacks. That's not the norm. Now, you can go out there and say the way the game is officiated now, you can't hit quarterbacks. It's different, which can elongate their careers, but you just never know. What you do know is you have this this season, this opportunity. And I feel like um, Eminem. You got one shot, one opportunity. You see everything you, mo- uh, everything you ever wanted. But I-, I would anticipate, yes, you will get multiple seasons. It's just at that age, you never know. And it can be gone in a heartbeat. Like Brady last season, what was he, 43-44, was not the same quarterback. Was not the same quarterback. So Aaron, we're hoping and praying that you can attribute last year's numbers and lack of production to the thumb injury, to not having chemistry with his young weapons, to his, his, his lack of desire to stay in Green Bay. We're all hoping that's the case. But it's on the table, man. Like, it, <laughs> it could be over. And we're, look, we're, we're hoping it's not. But it's it's still a possibility. 800-919-3776. Jim is in Manhattan batting leadoff tonight. What's up, Jim? Yeah, how you doing? Uh, I'd like to say a couple of things. First, I think Rodgers is a a very good quarterback, but I don't think he's one of the five best of all time. I don't even think that's hard to say that. And uh, as far as who's under the most pressure, in my opinion, the younger quarterbacks like Allen, Burroughs, and Herbert, I think they're under more pressure than Rodgers because they still haven't proved what they can do deep in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl. Rodgers has gotten his team to the Super Bowl two or three times. He won one. Everybody can see what he can do. He hasn't won multiple like Montana or Elway, but he's a proven player. And those guys still have to uh, get over that hump. Wait, so let me ask you a question, Jim, real quick before we get to the latter part of your phone call. So you said that he's not top five all time. Where do you have him? Oh, I'm not sure where I have him, but, I mean, Montana, Elway, Marino, Brady, Johnny Unitas. I mean, uh, these guys are all we're all better are all better than Rogers. Okay, that's fair. I, I I got no issues with that. By the way, Jim, you realize Rogers has only been to one Super Bowl. You said he's taking his teams to I, I two or three. I thought they lost one. I thought the Green Bay. Lost no, they 2010. Yeah. They beat the Steelers. They have not been. Ba- they've been to a lot of NFC Championship games. They've lost to right. Seattle and Arizona, and you know the oh. Bucks and and the Sea. Yeah, they've lost to uh, the Niners. But they've never been. He had never gotten back to a Super Bowl. Oh, I thought they got back from, but he, but he did get his team in twenty one. Same thing with Drew Brees. He only won one Super Bowl, but yeah, I mean, he had a great career. He proved what he could do. That gets and held the again. The guys uh, have a more. That's part of their career arc is to move forward and get into a Super Bowl and win one, and you know at least get one for themselves, like Brees and Rogers did to certify themselves that way. You know what I mean? Look, I appreciate the call, Jim, but that's the thing that gets held against Brees. For, you know, for as great as he is all time, and, you know, he set records, passing yards, and touchdowns before Brady eventually broke them. For as great as he is, the winning just one is, 
sounds crazy. It's viewed as a disappointment when you get to that level of elite status. And you say that you have Rodgers behind, you know, Elway and Unitas and Montana and Brady and Marino, who didn't even win one, which is fair. That's a that's a that's a legit top five. But what can what keeps him from being in many top fives is his lack of playoff success. And I bring up like losing to the Seahawks in fourteen. That wasn't his fault. He lost on an onside kick, losing in to the Cardinals in fifteen. They got that game to overtime and never saw the ball again. Larry Fitzgerald had that big run, and then the the Cardinals scored on their first possession. So that game was over. 16 losing to the Falcons where they just got their doors blown off of them. So there's a lot that has happened in the playoffs since that Super Bowl that has not gone in his favor. And he's part of the issues, right? Like those two Niner games, that's on him. He's got to be better. Last year, at the end of the season, against Detroit, that was a failure on his part. Which brings us back to my my initial point. People are not going to look at... And and look, let me remove Jet fans from this. And, And even hosts at this station. If the Jets get to the AFC Championship game and lose, I don't think anyone's going to view that as a failure per se. But the national audience, the national media is going to look at Rodgers and say, look, we've seen you have great regular seasons. We've seen you get to the playoffs. But for some reason, you can't get your team over the hump. And that is despite you having what we expect to be a top five defense this year. Despite having weapons with, you know, Wilson and Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. Now, in the end, we have to see how it happens, but it's not always fair the way we judge it. And the further you remove yourself from from an event taking place, the more hazy the details become. And what sits there in broad daylight is, oh, Rodgers, 11-10 and 10 in the playoffs, 7-9 and nine since he won the Super Bowl. That's what people are talking about. Scott's in New Jersey. He wants to weigh in. What's up, Scott? Hey, what's up, Tyler? You know, um, in a lot of ways, I do agree that Rodgers is under a bunch of pressure. The only re- reason why I would say it's not fair to to label him as a disappointment or to see a disappointment if they don't win, I'm not trying to make any excuses. It's just the fact that how loaded the AFC is with Mahomes, Burrow. You want to say Josh Allen? Fine. He still has a lot to prove to me. Like I said, I'm not trying to make any excuses, but that will be the only outlier if he doesn't get it done in his time in New York. And and I just want to touch up on one thing that, that you said about how uh, Peyton got his second. You know, and, and technically speaking, he did. I just can't stand when people say, okay, he solidified his status. He, had, he got a second one. But we all know he, he was a shell of himself during that run. That's a good so point, Scott. Yeah, Scott, it's a good point. What I will say, what helps Peyton in that regard is the year before, uh, he was awesome and broke all those records. Yeah. And, you know, they got to the Super Bowl and got blown out by Seattle. And, you know, eventually when he fell off a cliff, it was the defense that carried him. Von Miller wins the MVP at the Super Bowl. But I think what helps Peyton was in getting back to another Super Bowl, he he set record. It was a record-setting year for him. 
in that 20, what was that, the 2013 season. Yeah, the 2013 season was when uh, he, he got the Broncos back to the Super Bowl. They set all those records, and then, you know, they got embarrassed. 14, they didn't get there, and then 15, they get back. So I think that's what helps Peyton. I appreciate the call, Scott. Uh, but the point is fair. But again, it's just <laughs> to to further illuminate what I just said. Yeah, the further you get removed from something happening, it, 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 you start to look at it just big picture. And it's, you know, Peyton got number two. Yes, he was carried, but he still got the second championship, that elusive second championship. And he was able to ride off into the sunset. As far as the caller bringing up, you know, Burroughs got more pressure. Burroughs was in the Super Bowl just two years ago. He was in the AFC Championship game last year. So I, I disagree with saying that he, he has more pressure on him. And again, the case for those guys not being on the level of pressure as Rodgers is their window was open for longer. So they still have a lot more time to get it done. A lot more time to get it done. Tommy's in Connecticut. What's up, Tommy? Hi, what's up, buddy? What's up, man? How's it going? Uh, we're doing all right. So I, just, I'm going to focus on the Glaber point that I want to make. So going into this season, thinking that the Yankees were going to be much more competitive, I was kind of hoping that Glaber was going to play well and be a good trade asset. But the last, I don't know, couple weeks, I'm starting to see the guy that we thought we had. And I'm not sure what his is, – is, does he have one more arbitration year? I believe he has two. I, I thought it was two more. It might be just one. I, I'll look that up. But, uh, but yeah, I'm thinking this guy is, is turning into who we thought we had. Yeah, one more year of arbitration before he becomes an unrestricted free agent in 25. Okay, okay, I got you. But, I mean, he's – He's really impressed me to the point where I'm like, oh, I don't want, I don't want to let this guy go. Yeah, Tommy, you know? but isn't this the same problem we've run into in the past where we have a player who who starts to turn it on late and we're thinking, you know what, let's just bring him back next year and then it doesn't end up working out? The case for trading yeah. labor is that his value is at the highest it's been in quite some time. And the Yankees well, have so many holes on this team. Like you're not, you're locked into Rizzo, you're locked into Stanton, you're locked into LeMahieu, you're locked into Cole and Judge. Like there's, there's but so much you can do. So with a guy like Glaber, who right now is not at the peak of his powers, we saw what he was in 2018 and 2019, but he's pretty good still and has some value. He can be a trade bait to to help you solidify some of those holes. Yeah, and I, and I got you. You know, like we said, we're stuck with LeMahieu, so you're not. Re- you're not creating a hole at second base because that's that's where LeMay, you want his gold gloves and everything. You know, he's, he's not a, a purpose-built third baseman. That That's where he, that's where his, you know, bread is buttered. Yeah, look, ideally, Tommy, I would agree with you. I appreciate the call. I, I would love to see, you know, Glaber continue along this arc because there was a point in time where he was supposed to be part of that young crop of blossoming players who could become stars to superstars. Like we saw it on full display when he hit 38 home runs. But because of the situation they found themselves in locked locked into all of these bad contracts with older players who are either you know, on the tail end of their prime or, or already aged out of it, it's just difficult to see a path to them being able to keep him while filling those other holes. Yusuf is in New Jersey. What's up, Yusuf? 
Hey, what's going on, Ty? Uh, my thing is that I want to I wanna ask you your opinion. Um, like, why is it that uh, the NFL, and, and for a large, to a large degree, in my opinion, the media, why why do they um, hold Josh Allen in such high regard as a quarterback? I don't mean like as far as is he a, is he a great football player? Yes, but my thing is that he's a better football player than he is an overall quarterback, the skill of quarterback. So I feel like going into this season, the pressure is on him. And then also, if you if you break down. Josh Allen, Mac Jones, uh, uh, Tua in Miami, and then you look at Rodgers. Rodgers is light years ahead of anyone in his division. I don't know about that. Look, I'm a big Rodgers fan. I I, I have been a Rodgers fan that predates him coming to New York. I cannot agree with that. And the fact of the matter is, hang on, With, 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 with Josh Allen, the last three years, he's finished top three in the MVP. He's thrown for 108 touchdowns. And, yes, I do agree that the Bills have severely been overrated just by, by you know, measure of, like, where they were versus where they were supposed to get to. And it was only one AFC championship appearance. I get all of that. But Josh Allen, to me, is still a top five quarterback. That like, there's no argument on that. Okay, he's a top five quarterback, but with, but with the skill set, is, is is he is he a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers is right now? I think he is. Uh, you have to say that he is based on his resume. I mean, look at the numbers he's putting up. Look at what his teams have been able to do. He is. Look, he's, but, but look at the teams that's been around him. As opposed to what Rodgers had around him, and, and, and uh, Rod- Rodgers and, uh, had um, yo yo Yusuf. Rodgers had Devontae Adams, the best receiver in football. He had uh, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. You could argue that's the best running back combination in football. That's not treated like he didn't have weapons. And again, I love Aaron. Like he's my favorite, I mean, he's my favorite quarterback. But I'm I have to be fair. Fan. I'm an Eagles fan, but I'm a football fan also, and I just think that. I just to me, I, if Rodgers gets, gets gets the Jets to the championship game, even if I mean even if he gets them one game removed for whatever reason, to me, if for where the, for where the Jets have been, the Jets for where they've been for the last I'm fifty, I don't remember the Jets ever being um, a marquee team. In my lifetime, beyond, I mean, I'm too young to remember what 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 what, what with Joe. I was alive, but I wasn't really, I wasn't in tune when when he did what he did. Yeah, so you as were. Long as, as long as as long as I've been in the football and watching football every year, year in and year out, the Jets have never been a marquee team. Yeah, no, when listen. You're gambling. Go ahead. I I I get you, Yusuf. I appreciate the call. At 98, getting to the AFC Championship game, 99, they were expected to be a great team, but uh, the unfortunate injury to Vinny Testaverde knocked them out. Then you go back-to-back champion, AFC Championship games in 09 and 2010. 2011, they were expected to be good, but of course, losing to the Giants on Christmas Eve essentially knocked them out of playoff contention, and then they haven't been back since then. So I get your point. I think there is a, a dichotomy between how the the local media 
will view this and the amount of criticism Rodgers gets uh, will be different than how the national media doles it out. I think the coverage of Rodgers and the Jets falling short in the playoffs, you know, getting to a championship game and losing, I think the coverage of those two things, uh, of that, will differ between the local and the national media. 800-919-3776. We're from Robert Sala. Dalvin Cook, Makai Becton, a couple Jets uh, talking today uh, at practice. Got some good news with guys who had been, you know, banged up, returning to the practice field. So it's all lining up. We are nine days away from kickoff to the NFL season. I am so much looking forward to it. We'll continue to take your calls. We'll talk baseball as well. Maybe talk a little NBA. So still a whole lot to do as we march toward midnight right here on 98.7 ESPN. This the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. This year, Russell Wilson, he gave up five picks on a couple players for him. Then you gave him a, a five-year extension through the 2028 season. And last year, he was dreadful. 4-11 and uh, was his record in the games that he had played and didn't uh, play in that game against the Jets. Set career worse in uh, completion percentage, passing touchdowns, passer rating, and the Broncos had the worst scoring offense in the NFL for the first time in franchise history. So the question is, can Sean Payton fix him? Uh, the hope is that he doesn't do so in Week 5 when the Jets and Broncos uh, kick off things uh, and play one another. But, uh, you know, he's under pressure. Deshaun Watson, he's got the most lucrative deal in NFL history, $230 million. Uh, went 3-3 three and three last year. You wonder if he's ever going to become the player he was. People forget just how awesome Deshaun was. He, he was one of the best quarterbacks in football, but then went through all of his issues. And now we'll, we'll look to see if he can regain form for a franchise that has just been allergic to any kind of success. Mac Jones, you know, he went from making a Pro Bowl to being so bad last year that there is a legitimate conversation people are having. I don't know how legitimate it is. I shouldn't say legitimate, but there are some whispers. Uh, could Belichick be coaching for his job? I know it sounds crazy, but considering how they've fared in the draft and since Brady left, not getting to the playoffs, the debacle they had with their offensive coordinators last year with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, he's got to figure this thing out. And all of Mac's numbers were down last season. Remember uh, Bailey Zappi, I think the, the Pats actually ended up cutting him today. Uh, Bailey Zappi came in and, and blew out the Lions and the Browns and uh, was actually competitive against the Packers. So uh, uh, this is when uh, New England weighs that fifth-year option for Mac Jones. Two was under pressure. That is a team that could legitimately win a Super Bowl, but he's got health concerns that could come between them uh, getting that success and getting to that height of achieving what their goals are. And then Dak, how many times are people going to say the Cowboys can win it all uh, and fall short in the playoffs while Dak gets a pass? I get that, you know, last year— there were a lot of interceptions he had thrown that were just bouncing off of people's, uh, you know, receivers' hands and chest. I get all that. But at some point, 
the regular season success and expectations have to translate in the playoffs. And Dak has been one of the best winners since he's come into the league, but just two and four in the playoffs. And he's now going into year eight. So there are a lot of quarterbacks, you know, facing some pressure, I think, at the top of the charts has to be Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but we'll see what happens. And we'll see if you agree with me at 800-919-3776. We go to Ken, who is hanging out in Queens. What's up, Ken? Yeah, how you doing, boss? Uh, you know, I, I'm very interested to see if the Jets make uh, some moves, you know, down the road here, uh, because there's some guys available that I like for them to pick up. Uh, I know the guy from the Giants, the uh, tackle, got released. He was just a surprise, and one of their linebackers got released, also, which was I heard a big surprise. So I'm wondering if the Jets. A look into that guy, and also there was a lot of rumors that the Jets had loved David Sills, who got released. I don't know if they would add him to their receiving core, put him on the practice squad or whatever. And uh, what do you think? And Bam Knight, unfortunately, had to go, but somebody had to go as far as one of the running backs. And they're going to add uh, probably a third-string quarterback and a couple of guys. Surprisingly, New England uh, released that guy, Bailey Zappi, yeah. and Colt McCoy got released. So I know a lot of people are pretty high on him as far as, you know, a second or third-string uh, quarterback off a bit uh, Rodgers gets hurt. So uh, what's your thought on some of these guys? Yeah, so you're talking, and I appreciate the call, Ken. Uh, great question. You're talking about uh, Tyree Phillips, who was the tackle the Giants released uh, today due to having to get the, you know, everyone has to get their roster down to 53. So Tyree Phillips uh, becomes available. We'll see if the Jets check in on him. As far as their, their you know, Bam Knight, yes, that was expected. When you go out there and you get Dalvin Cook, Brees Hall's coming back, Michael Carter, who you just drafted a couple years ago, coming off of a down season, but uh, you can expect him to be better this season. And then you just go, you went out there and you drafted Izzy. So there's just no room for Bam Knight. There was no room for him. He he lost that battle of numbers. The Jets are solidified in their running back room. Colt McCoy, uh, I saw a lot of chatter today. You know, Jet fans would feel much better about him coming into the fold as opposed to going into the season with Zach Wilson as your backup quarterback. Uh, because despite how... <sighs> Let's just say how good the narrative has been surrounding Zach. I don't know that anyone trusts that if he has to come into a game, uh, if Rodgers goes down for a quarter or a couple games, that anyone is going to feel like Zach Wilson can legitimately keep this ship ship going. And I, I don't think that that's the case. So Colt McCoy is available. Uh, the, the Jets did wave Tim Boyle, and the thought is if he clears waivers, he could be added to their practice squad. So we'll have to see. Uh, my guess is as good as yours. We'll, we'll have to see how this thing shakes out just because there's so many different moving parts. 800-919-3776. Moore is in Brooklyn. What's up, Moore? Hey, how you doing? Big uh, fan of the show. Thank you, man. Um, I'm, I'm happy to actually get on, on live with you. Um, I wanted to speak about the Jets. Um, I've been a Jets fan, I would probably say, since maybe the Brett Favre days and before that. Uh, and I really, really have a strong feeling that they're going to fall flat on their face way harder than most people think. Um, and I, I want to have the opportunity to just give up a, a, a few points and uh, hear what you have to say about it. All right, let's hear it. Okay, well, 
Um, first off, I don't think anybody is, can deny that Rodgers is getting up there in age. Whether or not he can play at an elite level, it, he's great. But, you know, how long can he sustain it is, is obviously a question mark. Um, the, the schedule that they have is obscene in the first half. Like, I think that if they go three and three, they should be ecstatic. And, and you know, that, that should be a celebration in and of itself. Um, and uh, there, there's, there's so many things that got to go right. There's a lot to, to contend with in the AFC between Mahomes and Burrow and Herbert. Um, you, were, you were mentioning Russell Wilson. How much worse can he play? You know, you know that they're going to be better than they did last year. Um, uh, you know, at the Ravens, there's so many teams out there that they have to compete just outside of their division. You know, even if they don't win, if, even if they don't make it to the division um, title, they still have to contend with so many teams to, to, to secure a wild card spot. Um, and and it, it's it's his first year there. Like he's still got to build chemistry. Dalvin Cook is a new running back. You know, everybody's got so much hype around Garrett Wilson. He's great. He's got a lot of potential, but he's still a second year. It's not like he's done anything outstanding like Justin Jefferson has. Um, he's shown signs of it, but it's, it's nothing solidified yet. And, and you still got to see what the chemistry is going to look like. Um, Dalvin Cook is, is injury prone. Uh, we've seen that the past few seasons. I just feel like there's so much out there that can, that can go wrong for this team. And people's got to pump the brakes. Like, you can't be talking Super Bowl so fast. Well, listen, it's what happens. And I appreciate the call more. It's what happens when you add a Hall of Fame a quarterback to the mix. And Dalvin Cook played in, in, in all 17 games last season. So, you know, yes, he's coming off of shoulder surgery. But you have a lot of insurance between him, Brees Hall, Michael Carter, and Izzy, who you just drafted. Uh, one thing... I'm not concerned about is their offense. Last time Rodgers was with Hackett, he won back-to-back MVPs. He's got chemistry with Lazard and with Cobb, who who are both there. Garrett Wilson is a tremendous receiver. I know we've only had a one-year sample size. Everyone knows he's special. I'm not worried about their offense. You know, their offensive line is a big deal, but I'm saying uh, as far as the weapons are concerned and the running back, uh, you know, skill position players, that's not the concern for me. Their defense is going to be fine. Yes, the, the schedule's tough. The, conf- the conference is just brutal. It's unforgiving. And you might play in the best division in football. But as long as you have that guy under center, I feel great about what you can do every single week, regardless of who you're playing and regardless of where those games are being played. 800-919-3776. I see the phone calls coming, and we'll get to you when we return from a short break right here on 9870 ESPN.